see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. I don't care what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. Uh, it is a Friday afternoon. I'm here at the base of uh, Running Canyon, and uh, I should probably do some dates out of the gates, as they say on the internet. Um, first week of April, I'll be in Regina, Saskatchewan, at the uh, Fly as Fuck Comedy Festival with brett forte and sam walker and myself you can get tickets for that at jasonrouse.com the ticket links are there um we're gearing up for the early stages of the um in the flesh out for blood tour so these are some countries uh that we're gonna be that we're gonna be the voices in my head and myself um so uh what month are we in now we're march we're march so april is it your birthday in march that's cool um, let's see, April, Regina, and then I'm back here, May, June, oh, June 25th, Vancouver Yuck Yucks is my 25th anniversary show in the city that I started in 25 years ago, so on the Thursday of June 25th, I'm going to be doing a, a big show, uh, a crazy show, actually Sam Walker, Brett Forte, Jake and Louie. And, uh, and myself will be headlining all that weekend in Vancouver. Uh, and Edmonton, Calgary, and I think Tawasson is maybe the first week of June. July 1st, Canada Day show at the Comedy Store here in Hollywood. And then um, all of August, Europe. So Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland... Yeah, and then September, October, all of Ontario, Ottawa, Toronto, Hamilton, uh, Miss, uh, not Mississauga. There used to be a really good Mississauga club, not anymore. Anyway, go to jasonrouse.com. All those dates will be up there. But uh, what we're really here to talk to you about today, uh, uh, my guest uh, and myself, we were at the Mr. Bungle show here in L.A. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Christian Gregg. I'm a friend of Jason's. I've known him for, I guess, over 20 years now. Yeah, man, like 20 years. So yeah, we uh, we um, we hadn't seen each other though in in about 20 years. I yeah. don't think I, I used to book a club called The Shot in Kingston, and comedians would come through and we would book them. And Jason came through when he was very young. First time I met him, we were playing pool, and yeah, he came over and he said, ah, can, you, "Can you take a look at this?" And he lifted his shirt and. He had one of his balls hanging out. He goes, I got this goiter. I got this goiter. Can you look at my goiter? That's <laughs> <laughs> kept me out of a lot of corporate work, actually. So I uh, was started doing comedy in Toronto in early uh, late, late 90s, early 2000s, and befriended uh, Howard Dover, who ran an open mic that lasted forever at the Idler Pub 
in Toronto where a lot of the uh, comics who were coming up in neighboring cities would perform. And um, we, uh, I guess... You and Howard are, are related or friends? or We've uh, also been friends for years yeah. and years and years. And Howard, when he was doing his comedy thing, was all very good about bringing, you know, and all you guys, I mean. Yeah, you had Russell Peters, did you? Russell Peters, you had Russell Peters. guys, you know. At a sports bar in Kingston. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have these guys coming out, out of the gate. And you could tell, you know, these are special comedians. I mean, we would go to the yeah. Yuck Yuck shows all the time, the, the amateur night on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys like Sean Majunder and Russell Peters are, are sitting there, you know, doing the, the amateur night yeah, back it, in the day. It was... Uh, um, it was a very innocent time for us because there was nowhere to go. Like, after you'd done a one-hour comedy special on CBC or the Comedy Network and a Just for Laughs, you kind of subsided in the obscurity or end up leaving, fleeing Canadian show business. It, that's kind of an oxymoron, though, right? <laughs> Canadian show business? I guess. Right? I guess. I did, I did club booking for a while. I moved to Montreal. You came and did my club there as well. But, uh, yeah, faded out of the... The entertainment world, and I'm in the, the software world. But, but nevertheless, you know, I hadn't seen Jason in a long time, and I've since moved to Los Angeles. And uh, Howard said, you know, he was hanging around still with Jason, and we would text back and forth. And then when we heard Bungle was coming... Yeah, it was over. Yeah, we had to get together. It was over, and you were so vigilant. Vigilant on getting tickets? Yeah. I was like... These tickets are going to be 500 fucking bucks. And they were out of the fucking gate. Yeah. I was waiting, and finally I got an email saying that the ticket price had come down. And we did it. We booked it, and then we waited three months for the show, and it was this big lead-up to it. We were so oh. excited, talking about what are they going to do, what the fuck's going to happen. Song? You know, yeah, what songs are they going to do? And then the night before the show, I read a, a review on the show, like, Mr. Bungle, first time in 30 show and plays none of the songs that you know from Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were just doing the, the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. That's demo. Right. Yeah. What was the demo tape they made when they were 17? I had that demo tape in my hand for, for months. By, uh, I didn't even know it existed. My... Um, it was there was a, a couple of them. Ravage, uh, Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, and OU818 was the one that came out after that. And I can't even remember what songs. I know there's some YouTube rips of these demo tapes that you can see and listen to. Um, but those two, those those demo tapes, and a, and a couple other bands were so influential in my trajectory into the arts. You know. Um, we would, uh, a guy I went to high school with, John Shepard, a.k.a. The Jerk, we went to Parkview Secondary School in Hamilton. From Q107, that jerk? No, 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 this is, this is 1988 jerk. Okay, I don't know that jerk. No, this is a guy with, so, uh, after he got kicked out of school and went and stayed with his parents in Kitchener, um... We started hanging out with uh, my friend's older brother and their friends and stuff. And they all played in bands and shit. And um, then these these tapes would just start to... We were copying them and trading them around. And they were all through Rob Keith. Rob Keith was... He was tape trading with Mike Patton and stuff. I didn't know. I just heard Faith No More. And now there's this whole back catalog of all this music that had no sound or any... Aesthetics, anything like Faith No More, outside of the uh, the vocalist, and um, it just made a super impression. And then 1991, at the Phoenix in Toronto, Mr. Bungle played after they'd just been signed to Warner Brothers, 
They figured Warner Brothers was going to take, oh, well, this kid from Faith No More, he's gold. We'll put a, a ton of cash on him. And John Zorn, the famous saxophonist and jazz uh, producer and writer, produced that album. And, and I used to get so much shit at parties playing that. People would be pissed. And I would crank it up. And they, they, they wanted to hear to Tragically Hip. Yeah. And I was playing Mr. Bungle, you know. <laughs> and it was not going over in Hamilton. No. You know, and um, that show, there's a video of me, not once, but twice. I tried to set a tea party show, too, but the security guys are very quick. I jumped up on the stage. The video is online. At the seven-minute mark. At the seven-minute mark. Yeah, at the beginning of the show. I thought it was in the middle, but you were, yeah, yeah, I you said did it, it twice. To, you said it to me at the yeah. seven-minute mark. You see Jason Rouse with his big, long hair jump up on stage and try to take his pants down. And what were you trying to do? I was trying to have a shit. Yeah, I want to shit on the stage. I was trying to have a shit, but then you go, you oh, twice. And I'm like, I did that twice? Yeah, you came right back five minutes later. I looked at the video, and when I leap from the stage, it looks like a ferret flying through the air, right? Because <laughs> I clear like about 20 feet, and then my hip lands on some guy's shoulder and I teeter and land head first on the fucking ground and then they were kind enough to help me up as someone stood on my hair and pulled my hair like a fucking ugly woman in a mosh pit it was fucking brutal Gorpus opened this kind of industrial noise band and uh, it was it was a crazy crazy winter night and so nothing happens forever Faith No puts out Angel Dust, Patton does a, a hundred different musical projects. Dillinger Escape Plan scores a bunch of movies and does a half a dozen uh, uh, Peeping Tom, uh, uh, a dozen other bands. You look up at his discography on Wikipedia. It's like... Phantomas. Yeah, Phantomas, which I've seen numerous times. Um, yeah, I saw Phantomas at the Commodore Ballroom when they first put out that really experimental... In Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. And they played Loverboy, working for the weekend twice. Everybody was so angry because the new album was like these 10-minute kind of Tool-esque, epic uh, time changes and, and, and just weird knife sharpening and stuff like that for like 10 minutes. And the audience wanted to hear, you know, Travolta and uh, Squeeze Me Macaroni, yeah. and they were not doing it. Yeah, all, and all the, the songs we were hoping to hear, yeah. the Jane Fonda the Theater. Who wants to, you know, th- we want to hear Mr. Bungle's version of Freebird. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah. But they do cut, that's part of it. They're, they're hard to love. Yeah, and it's just so experimental. You're not going to get, he's not going to give you what you want. Mike no. Patton never wants to give you what you want. No. You, you, know, not, you go in not knowing what's going to happen. Take it or leave it. Yeah, take it or leave it. Here we are and sit through it. And, and this show, for me, and if you want to start getting in, into this show yeah. too, like I was expecting to hear you know, those songs and see the horn section, but no, this was like a thrash metal show, yeah. but with some the godfathers of thrash metal. Yeah. I mean, you got fucking Ian Scott <laughs> up there, Lombardo. Yeah. Um, and Scummy, I, Scummy is um, Trey, the guitar, the original guitar player, yeah, and Trey they called Spruce. him Scummy, yeah, Spruce yeah. One or whatever, and he was fucking killer too. But these, the players in this band, <clears throat> they it, were, you could see Scott Ian going, "This is crazy, yeah. this is so awesome." He was having the most fun, I yeah. think, out of any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so crazy. And Lombardo, I mean, there was one part in the show where they they turned up his double kick and like almost fell over. The vibrations on the, the dance floor. Yeah were so insane, it was amazing. And just the caliber of musicianship. 
but it was a it was a thrash metal it show. It was all veteran. Like these guys have been on some of the most biggest and smallest tours in rock and roll. Like from I remember when Faith No More got kicked off the Guns N' Roses tour with uh, I think it was Allison Chains Guns N' Roses. No, it was uh, it was Faith No More. Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And I saw that show at the X. Oh, you I saw was at, it? Yeah, when I was a kid. That, I think that might have been the last show was the Toronto show. Um, Mike took shit on Axel's monitors because his lyrics, he couldn't remember his lyrics to his song. Right, and that Axel was very volatile at that point, too. I remember he'd burnt a Nirvana hat right uh, before November yeah. Rain. He burnt his, this Nirvana hat, uh, and I left at that point. So I stayed for Faith No More and Metallica. And then after Axel burnt the Nirvana hat, well, I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck no. this guy. Like, like his, his response to grunge, like Nirvana, just statistically, number sales. It wasn't like a, um, a, a one-hit wonder. Nirvana had claimed like Beatles status. Yeah, they had at yeah. that point. And I think two Guns N' Roses, too. I think always sort of, in a, in a non-roundabout way, got lumped in with the hair metal bands right that grunge fucking killed even though they i thought they were way more rock and roll and way more punk i guess too at the end of the day but still i think they were sort of lumped into that so they never felt the part of the whole they the were the last thing. stand they were the last stand they were the last they, stand they, they, and they, grunge they, knocked them out because yeah. grunge at the time too i mean you know yak got commercialized and then was you know it was frou-frou and you know 13 year old girls were listening to it but in the beginning the movie singles came out that's <laughs> it that's right <laughs> yeah, it's a romantic comedy yeah yeah and, i want to see uh, Lay Stanley do heroin. I don't want to see Fred, uh, Eddie Vedder in the background. Yeah, or Matt Damon in his, you know, his oh, his, his Eaton Center fucking <laughs> bush jacket, his <Yeah>. flannel. <laughs> but yeah, at the beginning, I mean, grunge was dangerous. That was our punk rock growing up, right? There was the whole thrash metal thing, which I mean, the kids like you and Hamilton were listening to. But me in in Toronto, a little bit younger, a couple of years, you know, was listening to the Chili Peppers when they were dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, when Mother's Milk first came out, Freaky Styley was like the first album I, I cassette I think I bought. That was the, that was when music again sort of came up and was was dangerous again after coming out of like the the eighties like fluff mm-hmm. and even that hair metal I never got into too but like listening <laughs> to like yeah early Chili Peppers Fishbone mm-hmm. uh, Faith No More then he later got into Fugazi um, Beastie know. Boys <clears throat> Beasties yeah. uh, you know all these great fucking bands that really put you know music back on the map and, and were dangerous at the end of the day until they weren't anymore right before then it gave got completely whitewashed and commercialized yeah it was interesting to see the popularity of like rich kids dressing like they were homeless you know like skidded kind of you know they the seattle thing the whole fashion and the music the whole lifestyle was like that related to hamilton it was like it everybody on stage kind of looked like the guys that i grew up with yeah and it, it was our music, and, and it, it felt, you felt like a part of something. But then, yeah, just completely got, you know, they started selling flannel at, like, t- Forever 21, and, yeah. you know, everyone was doing it. You know, even... I go to Mark's Work Warehouse. <laughs> get on my flannel. Get your by Levi's? The, by the pound. Yeah. But even, like, I remember, like, when, you know, the Chili's were my band, you know, and then all of a sudden I remember walking into a house party. We were talking about house parties before we, we went live here, and, you know, when people would go and you'd listen the to, to music. It took a while to catch on the Chili's, but then they were all wearing Chili Peppers. Well, I walked into a party, and, the, and there was all these girls, and they were playing Under the Bridge, you know? And over I, and, and over. Was, over and over, and I was like, ah, oh. I was like, ah, oh, there Let's goes the Chili's. Co- college girls, uh, or no, Catholic school girls, 
Or easy? No, what Catholic is it? School Girls Rule by the Chili? Catholic School that Girls Rule. That was before that. that yeah. They were punk rock. And How come the girls never play that one? I don't know, because they liked Under the Bridge. And it, it, right at that point, I knew, okay, it's, it's kind of over, I think, you know? That's what it was. It was singles. It was Under the Bridge, which is a great song. I don't take away anything. And it's, it's good, I guess, that it got... Rick Rubin's fingerprint on that made it undeniably good. They won a ton of awards for that album. Uh, Under the Bridge was, yeah, it was off... Uh, I bought it. Yeah, me too. I love it. I waited for those. What fucking album was it? It wasn't off of Blood Sugar, was it? Yeah, it was off of Blood Sugar they Sex. Went the no. route, they went the route of like how Tool did for me. Like I went to a Tool concert in Hamilton on a guest list. What year? Uh, like four years ago. Okay. No. Yeah, maybe about four years ago. I forget who opened. Anyway... And uh, I went to the Cops Coliseum, which I saw Metallica there in 1988 with Queensryche, uh, and looked up into the stands, and I, I didn't even recognize my own hometown. Like, it, it looked like everybody there looked like a roadie for the band Clutch. Like, the chicks all look like they, ha- they get B.O. thinking. <laughs> Ironically enough, I saw Tool in San Bernardino, and Clutch opened, and Phantomas was also on that lineup. Phantomas opened? Phantomas, Clutch... Wow. I think the Melvins, too. Ever since I moved here three years ago, I've just been following the same story. And Primus, as okay. well. And again, Primus is another band that we really loved. Like, going, for me... Lollapalooza, 1992, I think, Molson Park. Yes. Was it 92? Rage Against the Machine, yes. Alice in Chains. And I was such a pussy at that show. I was like, yes, I, Rage Against the Machine opened up the show, and it was my first big <sighs> festival. Scared the shit out of me when Rage came on. I, I laughed. I, I go, let's go see Tool at the side stage. This, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is crazy. I've been <laughs> no, in mosh pits before, I, but nothing like this. No, so I was like... a street fight with a thousand... 10,000 kids. I said, let's let's go. And it was my biggest fucking regret of my life was not watching that Rage show. However, I did see Tool on the side stage, which was killer. I did a reverse of what you did. I watched more Rage and less Tool, foolishly. But yeah. That's my, my bug. But you know what? I'm going to fucking erase that regret now that Rage is going back on the road. I hope they're still amazing. I think they will be. I saw them at uh, uh, Download Festival for the big reunion show, maybe about... Four or six years ago, I and they played since the since early two thousands. Okay, it must have been. Sh- it was the like a big only one off show or something like that. They did an LA show. They did a live album from which is wicked. Uh-huh. Um, I can't. It's, it's at least ten years ago. But that was the last time they'd played together. So that's super exciting too. That Rage has come back for me. Still one of my favorite favorite bands. Dude, when I we watched it, maybe it was Reading Festival. Anyway, a British music festival. They. And uh, I was performing at it, so I was kind of in the in the uh, uh, side stage area, and they had police escorts, and they walk on stage to fucking silence, and he grabs the mic and starts talking, and there's eighty thousand people at these music festivals, and it was quiet, and he's talking about X Factor and Colin, uh, what's his name, um, the guy who does uh, 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 the pop show, pop Idol. Simon, Simon Cowell. Cowell. Yeah, yeah. He goes, Simon Cowell isn't the problem, but he's not helping it kind of thing, right? Michael Roach is talking about Simon yeah, Cowell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. And everyone's like, yeah, you know. He goes, these artists, it's not helping the entertainment industry by pushing up. 
Oh, dude. Yeah. No, Somebody that's another reason. Here in, in Runyon Cannon. Canyon. Oh, dude, you want follow me on Instagram? I just chase hole up and down the hills all day, <laughs> every day. He's just pulling, you're I do pulling this, in, the, in the bushes. I do this whole... Oh, dude, I wish it was the 40s again. <laughs> when you could just rake people into the bushes, right? <laughs> into that... Into that. Empty oh. barrel up there. That's where. That's where Jason. Recording. That's his. Uh, fortress of solitude up there in that barrel where he pulls and. Oh, it's daddy. Gawks. That fuck cage over there. <laughs> that, that steel. I don't want them free ranging. And the little ones for the babies. Holy fuck. We're, all, we're just sitting here. I'm drinking White Claw. We're smoking American Spirits and ogling people talking about oh, rock and roll. Toronto Maple Leafs hat is not helping our case. But you know what? It will keep us out of jail. Well, maybe. All the, all the Canadians, they don't know any better. No, they can ogle. Right? They, they pull everywhere. Exactly. They pull everywhere. Do you get people going out of their way to address the fact that they're also Canadian when they see you? Uh, yeah. Tire, yeah, absolutely. Canadian tire <laughs> in Canadian uh, attire. Fuck. Canadian attire. I thought yeah, you said yeah, when yeah. I'm in Canadian tire here in LA. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. We got to stick together. You know, me and Jason are Canadians. It is we a weird sticking stuck together. together, right? It is. You know, and we're here. We're expats. It's LA too. It's so it's cool to have an ally and obviously someone too that you know shares the same same love of music. So thank you for bringing me on. By the way, this is really cool to talk with this. I've oh, never done a the podcast. Only person so. I can talk to about this. Howard makes fun of me every time I bring up Mr. Bungle. Oh, yeah, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He was. What did he kept on saying? Mr. Bungle, no, sing I, me a dream yeah, before. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. It was kind of rude, actually. Yeah, <laughs> he left us and went to, to Jumbo's clown room and took my cousin. And I haven't seen my cousin since. Blue gland and got chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did take your cousin. He t- yeah, I haven't seen her since. Anyway, she was visiting from Vancouver. She's gone oh, now. Howard right. might know where she is. She might be in that box at the hill <laughs> She's I got in your there. fuck cage. You go, uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. What were your... Uh, did you have big shiny tunes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don Cherry's Rock and Sock and Hockey. That's all on Spotify on playlists. Is it really? Oh, yeah. They got the original track list for all these compilation CDs we used to get. Yeah. Hey, some of those were some good introductions to music I hadn't heard before. It was clearly pop and alternative rock music and stuff like that. But uh, sure, listen, Canadian rock. There's nothing wrong with them. Even those bands we were talking about, like Chilliwack Rusty and Boot Sauce. Well, you know, the more punk, the punk type bands, like you know, Rusty Boot Sauce. Who who else was there that was oh. good? Sort of back in the day too. That sort of I really liked uh, um, Limb Lifter. Yeah, Limb Lifter. I liked Limb Lifter I a lot them too. Todd Kearns is brother's band no no he's saying yeah he's a brother's band yeah and i mean look even the hip were fucking dangerous back in the in the day i mean i saw them at the masonic temple masonic temple concert hall was where i went to go see all my shows and i remember seeing the hip there and that was one of the most dangerous sweaty shows that you know in mosh pits i'd ever been scary in scary spot it really is a fire hazard by and there's always 150 degrees at, do you there's always someone OD in there. Like, I saw the Chili Peppers there in 91, two nights in a row. Again, right before Mother's Milk came out. Was, was this insane. the one with Smashing Pumpkins? Smashing Pumpkins yeah. and Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam opened both nights, and then Smashing Pumpkins got booed off the stage both I nights. heard that. Because My Eddie... were at that show. Eddie Vedder crawled around the stage, and everyone went fucking berserk. And then fucking... Um, little smashing pumpkin shows up they got booed off the stage both nights they turn their amplifiers around crank up the the amps and just feed back to everyone for like 10 minutes so like they're killing our ears but then the chili peppers came on and it was just the most fucking amazing thing ever <laughs> they turned their amps around yeah and, then, and Darcy says you guys have been real assholes and then they leave us oh. to listen to this feedback that was that was the best show I'd ever been to. That Chili Pepper show. I went to the first night, and for me, I think the Smashing Pumpkins part is the best. Oh, getting booed off! They were such poofters. <laughs> Fuck them. 
I like them. I never liked them. I liked it because they weren't hard enough he, for me. He was the, uh, the songwriting on it. I really liked his Billy arrangement. Billy Corgan's a good songwriter. He's yeah. a great fucking guitar player. Yeah. But I just found they were too soft. They were too artsy of for course. me. Of course, Billy. I heard that because um, Sharon Osbourne was their manager, and she kicked them, fired them because Billy whined too much or something. Yeah, or fucked her one or the other. Do you think Billy fucks? And I, think Somebody, I, think I bet he you fucks a lot. Yeah, he's kind of got an asexualness about him, right? Yeah, he's got like a vagina and a penis. Like the um, um, Matrix. You know when Neo comes out and he's hairless with the hoses in his back? <laughs> no. He looks like a distorted version of, of the Matrix, uh, Keanu Reeves. Another Canadian, by the way. Yeah, Why he we went sp- to my high school. I went to North Toronto. Keanu went to my high school. And from Before what, me. From what I heard, he... Um, uh, was kicked out of acting school in Toronto. Potentially, I don't know. What was? Because I looked, but he was born somewhere else. I was bragging about Keanu Reeves being Canadian. He was born somewhere else. I want to say, I, if he's, I know he's like half. He's, he's quarter Asian, and and so I think it was a military family, or uh, I can't remember. Anyway, Keanu Reeves. I remember I was in Toronto, and he was riding the subway. There's a video of him riding the subway. I wasn't on that particular car, but I was in town that week. Same thing when I saw Mike Myers. This is shortly after um, uh, uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. He's sitting at the back of an empty streetcar coming down Spadina. God bless Canada. With his hat down. I don't think he can do it anymore. But it was just getting spinning out uh, up to his trajectory as a superstar. He was already super famous from Wayne's World, and then uh, he dropped a bunch of movies there back to back and the Austin Power stuff. And I just remember seeing him. I go, "That's how. That's how you do it." You know what I mean? Here, people they got uh, contrived controversy and paparazzi around them. There's all these bullshit behind the scenes thing to up the ante. And then you see Mike Myers sitting at the back of a streetcar. You're like, you can do that. That's Canada, though, for you, too. I mean, these, these kids, too, that, you know, these types of guys, like now we're talking like the, the Canadians who went on Silent Live, you know, those, those guys really made it and became like superstars. Jim Carrey. Norm McDonald. Normie McDonald. I met Not him, Jim too, McDonald. with Howard. I went to the hip. My, my, my dad um, oh, that's right. worked family. with the hip that's for right. a long time. So they would sleep on my sofa before they could afford wow. hotel rooms. So um, See, I got to be honest. I wasn't a fan of the music, but I really loved... Gord's long interviews on just his philosophies. On He's life. a beautiful, beautiful artist and, yeah. and and poet and singer, and he yeah. was a, and a beautiful man too. I knew him. I was blessed enough to know him. But what you know, was what was the, what was that like? Because again, like I musically, it didn't move me. But him as a Canadian artist, as in like you know uh, Gordon Lightfoot and, and things like these these people. Don't have the global recognition, nope. but they're very, very valid, important factors in the creative community in the country and history. Well, look, Gord, Gord is the best frontman that Canada's ever produced, you know, hands down. Whether you like Cummings? Yeah, Burton Cummings. But I mean, like, the Guess Who was huge, too. Rush got huge, you know. Then the, the hip were never really huge. But the reason I started talking about them was because I went to go see them. Bach. 
<laughs> Skid Row. They got pretty big too. But I saw the hip. I went. I flew down with them. They took me down. I was only 19. My mom had just passed away, so they were kind enough. And this is the kind of shit. Gord says, "We're going to play Silent Live. Come with us." So oh, you, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. So me and my buddy Dave Maynard, a good I friend saw of ours. Dan Aykroyd in your bar a bunch of times. Yeah, because they're from Kingston, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, they flew me down, and but that's the kind of thing. Like seeing these Canadians like playing Silent Live, like Mike Myers or Normie McDonald and uh, Jim Carrey, not Silent Live, but seeing these Canadian you know musicians come up. I mean, yeah, they're Canadian and people love them, but you know you still you, right, you can see them. They can still ride I the streetcar. I have so many by themselves. Some what you've just talked about. I was. I got uh, I auditioned for Saturday Night Live in 2001, twice. No way. So when they went to New York for the auditions, they brought me to a taping. Tom Green was the ta- he no was the way. guest. So I'm Tom Green, yeah, another ex- another guy, I, another Canadian, sort of Ottawa on North, the peripheral. And um, uh, yeah, so, and Mike was there. Mike Myers was there, and Tom and. The the Canadians are always the, the quietest people in the room, but the nicest ones. The <laughs> nice. We went over and said hi to Norm Macdonald. He was so gracious, and you know he knew uh, Mike Cliff, who you probably know too. So we were talking yeah. about him too, like all the again. I the wish Mike would have cut a fucking CD. I wish Mike Cliff would cut a comedy album. He's fucking Dark. talented. Like he's sort of again a guy like and all those guys. Like, I don't know if like if your listeners know like Mike Cliff or like Jack Norman. Those guys like these guys were dangerous <laughs> commission comedians that should be huge. Anyway, very lucky. Canada's produced some some great not, art. Not these are legit wild men. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Funny, mm-hmm. funny, funny, crazy. But because you know if they, you know, look at. It's you, you, the fish can only grow as big as its, its surroundings, right? And sure. If there's so many great talents that that just subside and do Canadian mediocrity, you know, sure. or, or you go full Canadian and you become specifically a guy who goes from Vancouver to Toronto and from uh, 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 um, uh, I'm trying to look at the cross section, Alaska to you know St. John, and um, that is your gig. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're always really happy when those the small fish, you know, enter the the big oceans like the the silent live. Yeah, the the trout, (laughs) the rainbow trout. Um, We are Canadians are a lot about like a rainbow trout. A little bit. I kind of model myself after a rainbow trout. And you're laughing at home, but if you've ever had a rainbow trout in your hand, it's beautiful. They're beautiful and little and and kind. Yeah, it's a sweet fish, and they're delicious. Yeah, they they are very. You can't get you fish. Of course yeah, you of did course. Kingston, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Wait, man, we're, we're really going across the full gamut here. This is going to be bungle eccentric, but it's not well, at all. We'll, we'll come back to that too. But uh, I, I'm really—that's part of the reason I live so close to this canyon too—is like the nature. Because just outside of this grass is horse piss city. Like it's concrete and vomit all the way down to the Venice Beach from here. It's 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 crazy. And again, we can talk about that. Like is Canadian small fish, Jason and I. I mean, Jason obviously has carved out a great career for himself as a comedian here. Me, I moved here because my wife got a, a fucking promotion. A job she couldn't turn down. Yeah, which is nice. But you get green card, the kids get dual citizenship, everything. For sure. And, and look, living in LA, there would be no like I would never have left Canada. I was living in Montreal all the time. I would never left there for anywhere else on earth except here in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I mean yeah. just There's coming no here. going back. I want. I kind of want to go back. I get it. I'm so I'm anchored to the show business aspect. I get it. For quality of life, you go fucking move a half hour from Algonquin Park. Look at this. Look at this quality of life. Look where like we are sitting in Runyon Canyon. It's beautiful. Like there's the 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 people are beautiful. You know, it's it's gorgeous day out. It's fucking. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Smoke screen. (laughs) 
Actually, no. no business being here. Jason invited me here, but it's uh, it's pretty special, and, and you feel it. It's electric. You yeah, know, it's, and it's electric lie, I guess. There's there's something. Uh, nah, the lie. That's how you pers- look at. There's always going to be those kind of people that have this blind faith about them, and they'll do anything that they can to exceed and deliver success. So they get very good at bullshitting. But I want to attack them all the time. Do you ever want to attack people? <laughs> no, no, because I'm Canadian. I work in, in, in the software biz. But I mean, you no, in, in no, music, no. You got to be fighting all a the couple time. stubbies and a Jager bomb, <laughs> yeah, and you'll be true. in a fist fight with a cop. I'm not afraid, that's for sure. But I, I'm a peaceful. That's the thing. I think they they sometimes they they misconstrue uh, kindness with weakness. That's that is a, a mistake. Yeah, for sure. Canadian boy will fucking curb stomp. <laughs> I know some tough kids that that look like you know average Joes, but I've seen them over the years accomplish feats of horror that you <laughs> never expect. Well, fuck! Like uh, even your act is a, is a feat of horror in a way. You know what I mean? Like that's the post traumatic <laughs> stress disorder from growing up in the apocalyptic Hamilton. Yeah, oh, man. But you've always been you know true to it. It's great. It's great. And I'm so happy. For like you did carve this this life out here, you know it's, it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's a it's a hard. I, I watched Howard go through it. Look, you know, and he always says, you know, that, that you know marijuana has been legalized. His his journey's over. He helped do that. He was doing these medical marijuana shows for twenty years. Dude, he was he was ten years plus ahead of the curve. But he was the he one bringing was, all you guys to these shows, to these medical marijuana shows, like guys like you know again. Like, Joe Rogan was on yeah. Howard shows. Bill Maher, uh, probably twenty years ago, mm-hmm. he was doing the yeah Bill Maher, all, all these four twenty guys before it became a a commodity. Now it's such a huge part of culture and lifestyle that people. Uh, there's some legit. There's not very many legit 420 shows. It's like 420 friendly, but we're the guy, the real hard smokers on the stage. You don't see too many of those. Some people just like to be around it. So we're going to have a little tootsie tootsie. Well, I know motherfuckers that are funny and smoke bales of weed. Well, you and Howard's fucking weed is insane. Yeah, <laughs> Jason got me high before the Mr. Bungle show. He had this thing. <laughs> it was like hash and weed rolled in, in keef. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. But anyway, I took a toot as we were waiting in line and it really it enhanced the show in a weird way. Like I, I like weed, but I don't smoke a ton of it. I like edibles, but this was like took me to another. It was like I was tripping, but in a yeah, good yeah. way. It was almost like mushroomy esque or um, MDMA esque. It was kind accelerated of uh, hyper awareness. Yeah, but, but it was great. With it. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel you know. Oh, did she just take a crunch? I think she just came up there and came from a crunch. I hope. This girl's shitting in the woods here. I'm gonna go out and pick it up with my teeth before it gets cold. <laughs> I would totally pick up a girl's poo with my teeth. She's <sighs> anyway. Sorry, we've been we've been sidetracked. We I'm not about? married. What were we talking about? Uh, how Jesus has changed our lives. How I have completely sidetracked over that girl running out of the bushes, pulling this up her pants. This is like a weird thing. You should be facing the dirt wall. But then I'm super distracted, too. A squirrel could run by, and now we're talking about camping for three weeks. Oh, we were talking about the, the Kiefer Sutherland dude that you, you, you smoked me up with. <laughs> Are we high now? Oh, I got some pot here, too. Okay, we'll do it afterwards. But, um, yeah, that, that, that 
dude put me on another level and it was really interesting also being like all the nostalgia to you coming back and being being high I remember being like so high when when you're a kid um but keeping it together obviously like it wasn't it wasn't a bad there was high a lot of guys living their dreams with us at that show i think so yeah i didn't really talk to anyone because i <laughs> was high and i didn't see you much at the show we sort of went and did our our thing i sit on the edge of you, you like i like, like i'm going to the front and i'm like i can't handle it <laughs> yeah i was i was very up close too and there was some, some guys there was a little bit of moshing yeah. um one guy one guy jumped off the monitors twice and i was Oh, that's so dangerous now that I'm like in my 40s. I'm like, oh my god, that's so dangerous. I used to like jump off the balcony at the yeah. Masonic Temple and break oh, yeah. people's necks. Yeah. But uh, it, that show was was nostalgic and it was also dangerous. And, and that band was it was fucking killer. The I haven't c- seen a show like that in and the cunts. Forever. Yes, the openers, the cunts. So we walk in and the cunts are playing and they've all got uh, nylons over their heads yeah. and the singers the is this yeah weird looking guy with a mustache that you can just see through his, his yeah he looked like a gay Uncle Buck yeah with white pants and his big beer belly and he was like sort of like parading around yeah, like flicking sweat on, on people too dude the bass player between one songs plugs one nostril looks up shot the biggest fucking snot loogie out of his nose right onto the front row <laughs> and I was like holy fuck these guys are fucking punk rock man <laughs> and they were fighting too on the stage the guitar player there was something wrong between him and the guitar the singer and the guitar player and, and at one point the guy was like I'm done and they just Stop playing. Yeah. But they were spitting on people. Then they were fucking heavy as fuck and yeah. great players as well. Great sing. players. Yeah, the singer was great. I, I I wanted to kind of sleep on them, but I kept listening over and over again. And they and then the Melvins came out and it was like, oh, there's still another part of this show. Yeah, I the forgot. whole show was was like the concert was like, holy shit, this is a, a nice, pleasant surprise seeing this fucking psychopathic band and then the Melvins come out and the last time I saw the Melvins they opened up for Primus at Masonic Temple again 91, 92 and Buzz uh, Osborne played the whole show with his back to the crowd, his mic was like facing the drummer. So yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I never got into the Melvins, but this show gave me, as soon as I finished the show, I downloaded all their shit and I've been listening to it ever since. And, and they were fucking tight. And they're old guys. They must be like almost 60, I these know. guys. Oh, they're they look old, great. old rockers. They look great. I think Mike even said that during the one show. Not bad for a bunch of old guys. They were heavy as fuck. They were tight as fuck. They looked great. I loved how heavy it was, very metal. Super metal. That whole show was so metal. Like, it was so metal and so thrashy and speedy, yeah. and, but tight. And you see all these old guys. These guys are old like us, and it felt good. You know, you feel like, oh, I'm so old, and, and I'm a loser now. But no, man, you still see these guys. Like, even Mike Patton, which, by the way, his hair was kind of whack with those fucking... Coolio braids? Yeah, and Coolio braids. Like, dude, you're 55. Fuck. But, dude, his voice is prime. Oh, yeah. He's right on point. Vocally, it was... it was He hit all the spots. And then they did uh, a Cro-Mags cover and uh, a couple other covers, too. It was, uh, it was, I just took it in and I was like, wow, I just saw something really cool being painted in front of me. It was, it, it was just like, it was just going back, you know, to your roots. And you, you see these, these gods of metal. I mean, Slayer just did, finished their, their last show ever at the Forum, you know, in front of God knows how yeah. many people. And now... Ian Scott's on stage with, you know, how many people are at the Jane Fonda Theatre? Maybe 1,500. Yeah. Great venue, by the way. Yeah. I've never been there before. And we were talking Body Count is coming in May to the Jane Fonda oh, yeah. Theatre. we got to go. I'm going. I'm we, going. I'll go with you. Did you, did you go to the California show in Toronto at the government? The Bungle, California. Yes, I did. They and showed up like three hours late or something. Yeah. They showed up three hours late. They didn't have their uniforms on. They could only play for like 45 minutes. I was with my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. 
and she'd smoke weed with my buddy Brent and passed out before we went to the show. So she was like green the whole show. Um, <laughs> I go over and passed out at a Slayer show at that same venue. Really? Yeah. Fuck. So I started taking care of her. And that show blumped. The show you went to at the Phoenix, though, that I watched mm. on YouTube because yeah. you told me to. <laughs> anyway, that was a great show. It's the horn section. They're doing the thing. Yeah. But I don't remember one show for that California show. That, that show sucked. So that was also yeah. like a great do-over to come see them again, even though – to me, like, yes, it was Mr. Bungle, but it was like, this is your kid's Mr. Bungle. You know, those shows where your dad's Mr. Bungle are Mr. Bungle. But I guess it's still our Mr. Bungle. Totally. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's got a bunch of different faces, this Mr. Bungle. They, exactly. And, it's and you're never going to know which one you're getting, which yeah. mask they're going to peel off. Yeah, metaphorically and literally. Yeah. I, I was literally hoping that they were going to come out and the masks stuff. But that was part of that era. That was a different thing. Not to mention Slipknot kind of lifted that whole thing. Yeah, fucking Slipknot. This is, these guys are, this is the most authentic, you know, these guys are fucking, they've been at it forever. They've, I know, I was listening, see, now we're nerding radio. I was listening to old interview of Patton you know, on the BBC or something like that. And it was when the, the uh, first Slipknot album had come out and they, they had the CD or a picture or something, and he goes, oh, guys with masks, how original. Were, was, was Bungle the first guys who were wearing masks like that, who would go between, like, Luchadore or, S, like... Uh, they more took the comedic, like, uh, the singer or the uh, Trey would wear a Madonna mask, and some of them were Mike Myers masks, and Mike would wear this leather kind of S&M thing with blinders on it during the show. He had, like, blinders on it. And a, and a mouthpiece in the beginning. <laughs> and the they had, like, clown masks and stuff. It was all, like, shitty uh, kids' costume shit. But scary. It was totally scary because they were rocking out, and they'd have the... Oh, I remember Trey was doing Madonna poses, like, voguing in between songs. <laughs> I never... I, I always liked Trevor Roy Dunn, the bass player, because I played bass when I was a kid. But I never, like... I always knew... And I think Trey was called Scummy then back then. Maybe he was the, the other guitar player. But Trey, the guitar player now, I mean... I don't want to say he didn't smoke Ian Scott because Ian Scott was playing rhythm. He was just holding out, but God knows he might be one of the best rhythm guitar players on earth right now, Ian Scott. That's what I mean. It was like, oh, this fits together perfectly. There was probably no... Dave and Mike had worked together for years, and I, I can't even imagine what how long and deep the relationship is between Anthrax and Faith No More. Like, how many festival lineups have they been on together over the last 30 years? Right, and let me correct myself. It was it was Anthrax that just had their final show, right? Or was it Slayer with Lombardo? It, okay, so it was Lombardo who had just finished up his, you know, this epic career, and now he's fucking with Mr. Bungle again? A band. Yeah, <laughs> playing a demo tape that they made when they were seventeen. Yeah. My, one of my favorite lines too. It was, it was uh, after one song. Trevor, I want the audio from that board from that show. Well, I'm you can probably audio. get it. Somebody's got a copy of that somewhere. <laughs> Trevor Roy done after one song goes in the mic. And I think it was the only thing he said the whole show. He goes, "That's a song I wrote when I was seventeen yeah. about rape." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. One, like, oh. two, three. yeah, I know that was the only. Like mention of the, the next song was the rape song. Yeah, they, they weren't too interactive with the the audience, but you know, Mike Patton never really has been. No, he does look at about. It's very him against them. Yeah, but those those Coolio corners were kind of stupid, and he's looking big. He's looking. Uh, well, they also he's looking have, a little uh, Eric Andre opened the show. 
That's right. I completely forgot that because that Kiefer Sutherland dupe. That's right. I remember that. Kiefer Sutherland. There's there's holes in the night for me. Um, <laughs> but I went back and watched the YouTube you one. Hold my hand the whole show. You just don't remember. <laughs> That's right. There's was there's a glory yeah. hole. Yeah, I think I think he was dressed as Mike Patton in the '90s. He's wearing that Phillies hat. And I remember old pictures of Mike, and I think Andre, I'm going to ask him when I see him, but Eric Andre, I think, was dressed like Mike Patton from, right. from he, a free show and he, then introduced the world's greatest rock and roll band. Right, and, and, you know, they might very well, they probably were that night. I'll tell you, tell you there was yeah. no heavier band probably on earth than there was at the Jane Fonda Theater that night. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I loved how stripped down, I felt like I was at a rehearsal at, what was what? Their third show, right? Their third show. Yeah, we got them an upswing. Yeah. We did. And I, my buddy Andrew went and saw them in... Um, New York. In New York. And he had seen them way back in the day, too. I think at the Commodore Ballroom. Uh-huh. And a girl bit him at that show. A bit him. Like, just in the mosh pit. Bit it. Like, and he had to get tetanus shots and shit like oh, that. And, but he's like... he's a, a Vancouver girl? Yeah. Those are the dirty. I don't know. It's the intravenous drug stuff. Maybe. But he's, he's a, you know, a very... He's a did he neurotic. come with her? <laughs> no. She just bit him in the, in, the, in the thing. But he's a very neurotic uh, guy anyway. So, anyway, he, he put himself through the battery of tests. But that was a cool story, too, from back in the day. Yeah, but... I don't know, and it, I'm not really remembering much of the crowd because I was just so into to watching the band. But just you know, they were all guys, you know, our age. A lot, yeah. There was some women there too, there mostly was. dudes, mostly a, dudes. A, a girl stopped me on uh, Sunset Boulevard with my bungle shirt on. He said, "Ah, uh, yeah, I was at both of the shows, and I was moderately jealous." I'm like, "She went to both of them." She that went kind. To both. Yeah. There was no girls at the bungle shows before. It was the buffoony clown music that that's that's what those guys listen to. It was not a... Uh, no, I can't imagine how many pay- people I pissed off by cranking that at house parties. Well, fuck them. They get pissed. And I loved it. I loved it. Well, you've always been sort of a guy that likes to piss people off. <laughs> but but all, uh, all in good fun, right? Sure. Hey, you know what? Maybe they bought uh, a bungle CD or tape afterwards. You, well, you got to turn them on to this new stuff. Well, you remember how a year earlier, the, the grudge tr- grunge trend... It was like fuck this, blah blah blah, and then the jocks were like cranking it out their trucks, the cranks were cho- out the way. That's never going to happen with Bungle. Yeah. You're never no, going to hear it. That's why it's too a, heavy. It's, it's too this, dangerous. It's too dirty. Too dangerous. Too dirty. That's right. It's Daddy's finger. <laughs> yeah. Eric Andre said he got kicked out of class from singing Bungle lyrics more than once. <laughs> those, those were those were the the dangerous bands, you know what I mean. And there's no dangerous bands anymore, not that I know of. At least you may know some through your your touring. Sure. You know, you go to the big the big festivals and and all that stuff. But I mean, me, I don't go to many shows anymore. I've seen, I saw uh, Tool and Primus in San Bernardino since I moved back here, which was great. I had to go by myself because I did, I think you were out of town, so I had no one else mm-hmm. to go with. Well, um, my, my wife and all her friends went to Tom Petty at the fucking Arroyo Wine Ooh. Festival that same day. So I went to, by myself. I drove to San Bernardino and saw those bands. I saw Primus again at the Wiltern with Howard. That was fucking oh, great. I know, I know. I'm glad you talked to him at least checking it. Yes. I, we're trying to get him to these shows. Um, but He co- looks like a guy who would be at a Primus show, though. He probably looks like a lot of the girls that go to a Primus show. <laughs> He's beautiful. He's beautiful. <laughs> um, but coming up, I'm, I'm definitely interested in going to see Body Count with you. That would be a show from the past. I never saw them back in the day. I saw the Chili Peppers um, at, two years ago at Staples. That was, that was cool. That was weird for me, too, because I, I really grew up on the Chili Peppers. Like, they really shaped a lot of, of, of who I am. 
even to this day. So I was really nervous to go to that show because I thought they were going to be fucking lame. You know, like, oh, look at them now. They're all fucking, you know, now they're shooting up oxygen or whatever they call it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, like they're, you know, and they're all vegan and stuff. But you know what? They still rock too. So it's cool to see these old guys. Metallica's like that for me. They're tight as fuck too though, right? Like, I'd like to see them too. full circle. It's just half of their their catalog is terrible for me. Well, there's been some some good stuff too. Have you ever seen that, that, speaking of Metallica, that... um, there's that uh, documentary they do, Some Kind of Monster, and they just come off as the biggest fucking poofters you've ever seen that, in your that, life. That, that was my exit. Holy fuck. I was like, like, these are my heroes, and they're crying over, they're millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> billionaires almost. I mean, James, you can, yeah. you can hear James Hetfield's vagina, like, crying and weeping oh, at no. one point. Yes, I know you're an alcoholic. Look, I've got sympathy for you. But yeah, they're, yeah, not cool. Yeah, get a better crew of people around you. Straighten yourself out. Who knows, man? But it's just, you know, you see, eventually everyone goes lame, I guess, you know, to a certain extent. Not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people do. And it's not dangerous anymore. And then we're throwing around that word dangerous. But you go to a, you know, a bungle show and it's it's dangerous again. And you see that kind of music that like it's punk rock. You know, it's authentic. I, I don't know where to find that anymore. I don't know where to find that anymore. Where's the new stuff? Like, OK, there's a band called. The horror. Yeah, you, you turned me on to them. I watched and a bit of that. Check, it's H O nine nine zero nine. Yeah, and uh, two black dudes and a white drummer, and it is bad brains meets nine yeah. inch nails. Yeah, you know, and they, they it was it was legit. I was impressed. You I'm know, like, it's out it, there. You it's know what I mean? There. It's out there. You got to find it. I, again, I'm a 40-year-old old guy. I got kids. You know, I just don't know where to find it. But like, even when that new Tool album came out, uh, Fear and Oculum, I mean, I was just, I couldn't wait to listen to it. And I listened to it, and it was fucking great. And I couldn't stop listening to it because it did. It reminded me of being a kid. And, and you hear these players. And again, I've got a great respect for music- musicianship, you know? <sighs> Is it because you played bass at one time? I did play bass, yeah, growing up um, a lot. Flea was my, my big my big influence. Yeah. But uh you know, I was never a great bass player, but I always really respected good only, musicianship. Only good part about that, some kind of monsters, when the the uh, uh, bass player from uh, Suicidal got the job. Suicidal, yeah, that, that's Robert the Trail. yeah, that's the only best part about that. Motherfucker movie. can play too. Yeah, they can all still play. Yeah, and he had the Cliff Burton uh, picking style. Well, he no Cliff Burton used a pick, and that's what like um, Lars really? was saying. Lars was saying, "Did you see Robert playing with his fingers? He could play every song yeah, with his yeah, fingers." Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like double, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like triple, yeah. with your fingers. Yeah. That's unheard of. They they were like, oh, we need this. He looked the part. He fit. He fit. You know, I was pretty heartbroken though when because Jason Newstead was. They were pricks to him too. Yeah. They fucked him so bad. They were and, and apparently they were assholes to him his whole career there. Yeah, they're hazing him constantly. Constantly. Who, yeah, who does that? There's no, you know, you're you're signing these contracts, and there's so many millions of dollars. People, you're kind of in a, a company within a company that know that if you quit or get fired, that a lot of people under you are going to suffer because of it. Right. Well, and where's Jason Mustad now? I mean, you haven't heard of Pete from Flotsam and Jetsam. His that? his band that he was taken from. Are they good? It's cool. It's rock and roll, but it's not. Uh, he had uh, Echo Brain was his other project. I get yeah. See, I don't know if it's me. Like, like I said, I don't know where to find this shit anymore. I mean, 
tell me. Like, I like that horror that you mm. showed me. But there's got to be, I mean, you got to be a kid, I guess, to hear, like, no, the new well, stuff. Not, like, you got other things on your plate. you got to keep people alive. Yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm hanging out with teenagers <laughs> in Toys R Us shooting heroin. No, I, uh, I'm active in, this, in the streets. And, uh, but I'll definitely, Spotify's just opened up a whole new Pandora's box so what do you search? What, what, how do you find these new well, bands that are heavy and that are dangerous and, and they're I, meaningful? Do you use Spotify? Uh, yeah. There's, there's notifications, but you attach it to your Facebook, so you get um, referrals to things that are sound and are like. So you can click on, if you like this, these are some other bands that you might like. And then there's all these subgenres of bands that might have fit in the genre of Black Sabbath, but they're 20 years old. Right, you know what I mean. Well, so send me, send me that shit because I I'm just keep I'll going send you some playlists. Catalog, like yeah. what I said, I get like a an old an old music card on when I see like Bungles coming or Rage Against Machines coming back yeah. or you know Primus is playing. I'll go see all those shows. But I'm just you know recycling the old catalog and these guys are still great, but they're old men yeah. now playing. I want to see some fucking young kids that are out there fucking ripping up playing instruments. I like the like the the, the dance me or EMD electronic yeah. dance music. Zach Della Roach, speaking of Rage Against Machine, put out um, a song with Run the Jewels called Digging for windows i think it was the album and again he didn't put it out he, he was that close to releasing it and didn't because he's i think he's quite insane but anyway but this song check it out digging for windows by zach de la rocha produced by run the jewels is where i see heavy music going and i want to find kids who are able to you know cross pollinate punk rock while playing instruments fingers on steel with electronic music and I never gave electronic music a chance. No, but I've, that's, been, um, I've been putting my toe in that a lot lately. Because some of it's more rock and roll than the rock and roll that's out now. Well, run the, yeah, there is no more rock and roll. Like, yeah. Neil Young, you were wrong. I think rock and roll is dead. Maybe it's just dormant. Mm. Sorry, I'm spitting. It, um, comes, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. So reinventing itself. But what's, good, what's the next big thing? Like, I, and, and again, my kids are young. So Me, I man. Know, I don't know what the next big thing is. Well, the thing is, is that it used to be like, Mm. We're just lighting up a. I got everybody at the comedy store referring to cigarettes as darts now. Nice, that's very Canadian. I've started to pepper my my little psychology into everybody. The be all going a in a boot. Um, I might be going to Australia. <laughs> That'd be cool. It would Corona be cool. Will let you. I know. We're right in the middle of the coronavirus, too, right now. And I'm so. planning a 10-country tour this year. Dude, you got to go, man. Virus in. Oh, I'm not. Look, at, if they cancel the flights, I can't paddleboard. But I will get on those planes. I beat AIDS like three times this year. <laughs> Just this year alone. Just this year. And athletes. We foot. did SARS. We've been through SARS. We've been through avian bird flu. We've lived through it SARS all. SARS happens. Beyonce and Jay-Z canceled a concert. Ozzy. Keeps his date and does the longest concert that he's ever done in his life. Did you go to the SAR show in Toronto where the Stones came? And did it was like 100,000 people. Were you at that? <laughs> Would Justin Timberlake got bottles thrown at him? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't go to that fucking well, show. I, that, I wasn't interested. That show, it was funny because I was in Woodstock, Ontario, watching Justin Bieber getting bottles thrown at him while I was... Timberlake. Timberland? Bieber, Bieber was like still in his dad's Oh, yeah. Sack Justin Timberlake's laces. <laughs> Timberland <laughs> boots. <laughs> Justin's Timberland boots. Yeah, I shouldn't be hacking on. I actually like Justin. Actually, I like him too. I think he's not Justin talented. Beaver. Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah, he's. I get those talented. two chicks. I'm not into female pop music, but those girls can rock. You know who's pretty good too is Lady Gaga. She's incredibly talented as well. I like that's some pop stuff I like too now. But like circling back, like I just want to find these kids. Like I want to find young bands who are like you know making relevant like 
like punk rock music, you know, like we're, we're, on the peripheral. Twenty twenty, I'm gonna bring you some shows up that will fit that criteria. Uh, criteria. All right. Well, I would love that. Yeah. Because it was yeah. really special going to that. Um, that bungalow show and I'm glad I went with you because yeah, it was a great way to reconnect even though we were always sort of on different parts of the yeah. you know the show um but it was it, it was it was badass and it was special and you know if if you you, you see a band that you listen to when you were a kid and they're coming back you got to go see them you got to pay homage most definitely I'm still kicking my ass about not going to see Johnny Cash and legends like that you know yeah there's a few few people I need to get in I know Priest is coming Oh, are they? Yeah, we should go to see Judas Priest. <laughs> right. Have you seen Judas Priest? No. Nope. Neither have I. And it's their 50th anniversary. Oh, so this is it. Well, that'll be like, that's like old guys too. Like even like the stones. It's not like someone burned down a gay bar in there. <laughs> All that leather and sopping West Hollywood ass. Yeah. It's going to be great. There's going to be some glory holes. <laughs> I'm going around with an old fridge box with a hole drilled in it and I'm just going to run at people. Your own, you're going to bring your own glory hole? Well, I'm going to not do mouth. I'm going to do asshole and corn relish. Wow. Bring domes. <laughs> yeah, for the guy's fists so they don't lose their watches. <laughs> well, on that note, everybody, thanks for listening and um, yeah, there's a bunch of shit. So the, the movie that I did is coming out this year. I think it premieres in Belgium in April 1st. Uh, spare parts, the movie, and uh, I think my special is coming out on July first, and something weirder is coming out on July fourth. And check out all the um, tour dates at jasonrouse.com, and you can follow my ass stories on Instagram at jasonrouse66. Oh, I hear children giggling in the background. Malachi, Malachi, I'm gonna come in here with a Dick D ice cream buggy and just drive it down the side of the mountain. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Safe Word, everybody. Uh, bye. I don't care what society thinks. Good or nothing, anyway. They're no better than me.